the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. This is Hour 2 of Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. Always going to be with you. It's kind of getting dark outside, at least as I look out the window. I guess we got more rain coming this weekend. It's going to um, affect the mountain areas and some flooding. I guess if you have a ton of snow, if you are in a place where you've got, you know, eight feet of snow still above you, then my understanding is the snow might just soak up the rain and, and you don't have to worry too much about further damage. But if you're kind of halfway up and you don't have that much snow left, you're, there could be mudslides and other things. So we want to be in prayer and thinking about uh, everybody up in uh, particularly the uh, Arrowhead area here in Southern California and some other places. And the mudslides can happen you know, anywhere. I was driving through Malibu Canyon uh, a couple of nights ago. And there were these boulders. I saw these on the news earlier. Boulders, you know, that come down from the the hill from that. And they're bigger than a bus. These things are so enormous. And I just thought, man, if one of those ran into my car, I would be be done. Uh, That would be the end. So, you know, we want to pray about that uh, all over as we get a little more, more rain, mudslides, and other things that can happen in the Southland, everywhere. And especially in the mountain communities all over Southern California, L.A., San Diego, everywhere, you get a lot of floods. You get flash floods and mudslides and uh, just all kinds of stuff going on. So keep that in mind. And there are some churches out there who are doing some great work to uh, help people uh, get through this period of time. Um, You know, there are a lot of things going on. I might touch on some of them um, in the next few days as this is happening on Capitol Hill. A lot of different uh, a lot of different kinds of uh, congressional hearings are happening over the COVID and the policies related to COVID. They're happening over the Twitter files and kind of what happened during Twitter. They are going on on a lot of different things. This is typical whenever a, a new party takes over in Congress and the committees change hands and then things that didn't get investigated before get investigated. And some of them are things that you know, should get investigated, and uh, some of them are maybe purely political. Uh, that happens kind of both ways. But I think that, that a lot of it with the COVID is really important because voices were shut off. And that's something I want to talk about just here for a couple of moments. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Really maybe to ask the question, you know, do you have fears? Are you afraid of getting canceled? Like, do you have a, a scenario, maybe in your workplace or maybe at your school or someplace you are, are you afraid of, of being canceled? And maybe we can talk about that if you've got some things to say about it, because we we had with the, with the, the COVID and all of the different policies, there were so many different things done to get everybody on the same page. 
And what we're seeing with the, the Twitter files, by the way, I think should be one of the greatest stories that anybody's talking about. I think it got complicated. If you followed that, you know, it's complicated because most people are not on Twitter. Twitter has an outrageous amount of influence in this world for having a relatively small number of people who actually use it, right? But but the people who are on there use it to speak directly to an audience. And so that's why President Trump used it all the time until they kicked him off of there. And that's why, the, you know, the White House now has kind of a standard Twitter account. Uh, President Biden does. He doesn't use it. Nobody uses it really the same way that Trump did in exactly the same way. But there are lots of people, including lots of companies that have used Twitter and other social media to get their message out. And in fact, it goes both ways. Um, I had a problem once with a company as pastor of, a, of our church. We were getting these really high bills and it was kind of outrageous for things that the law mandates that we have. I, I don't want to besmirch any company, so uh, I won't tell you what company it was. But um, And I had two two staff people on the phone all day trying to get through to them. And I was so frustrated. I went on Twitter and I I hit the at button on Twitter and I said, this company is robbing nonprofits and churches by this policy. And I just spelled it out. And I don't think I was mean or rude. I just said, this is happening. My people have been on hold for hours. Had a couple of tweets there. You know what? They got back to me in five minutes, that company. So I've had two staff people online, on the phone, on hold for hours, literally for hours. And I go on Twitter, and in five minutes, that company resolved the problem. They did a great job. And I was able to go back online and say, hey, yeah, they fixed it. But that's how powerful social media is in certain circumstances. So the Twitter files, what it is, is it's whenever Elon Musk bought Twitter, he started releasing internal documents, things that most people don't see, internal conversations. And you probably have those at your work in most places, right? There's emails. There's a, a great app called Slack, and lots of teams in, in companies use that. We used to use that at my church. And it saves conversations. It allows you to keep your conversation out of the email. And if you're, if you're like me, the email is just a – I would get rid of it if it were possible to get rid of it. And I, you get so many different things, and things get lost. It just organizes conversations. It's a great tool, a really great tool. Well, they were using that there. And But in those conversations are emails and conversations about the communication from the FBI, the communication from, at first, the Trump White House and then the Biden White House, communication from news personalities and all of the networks, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, communications from people in Congress. And a lot of the conversation has to do with censoring people, with saying that you're not allowed to suggest, for example – that the coronavirus might have come upon the world due to a lab leak. See, and and the reason this is important is because this was a conversation that was shut down by the news media, by social media, under pressure from the government and government officials. This, even though people thought it, you know, I found this clip. This is this is a clip from 2000. This is from February, February 11th, 2020. You know, February of 2020, we were just barely beginning to understand that the coronavirus, it was COVID-19, but I think we everybody referred to it as coronavirus at that period of time, that this was something that was going to impact the world, right? We were kind of ignoring it for a while. Oh, it's something that's just in Asia, and then it's something now that Europeans are dealing with it. Uh, I think by February, right, We, if I remember right, by February, we were looking at it in Europe and especially Italy 
And there was a lot of death, a lot of fear and some lockdowns. But I still think even in the United States, uh, at least for most of us, we weren't really thinking much of it. We were certainly making plans. We were not planning to have a shutdown or anything. This is a CDC official name was Ann Shuchat. And she is asked something very, very specifically about the idea that there was a lab leak, right? Now, this is this is three years ago. This is not something that um, just came up, you know, th- this lab leak discussion that we're having now where the energy department, Biden's energy department says that they believe it's most likely that the coronavirus happened because of a lab leak at the Wuhan laboratory. The FBI, even more so today, says it is most likely that it came from a lab leak. And they use terms like we have low confidence or moderate confidence, but they still use the same term. They think it's most likely that not every government uh, organization is thinking that, but everything is moving that direction. And the point really of this conversation isn't that whether it did or it didn't. The point is, is that we had this period of time where you weren't allowed to say it. And this is something that should bother every person. I think this should bother every American that, you know, especially things that are not crazy, right? This this was never, you know, tin tinfoil hat type of stuff, right? There's There's stuff out there that's just nuts. This is not it, all right? And so the question that was presented to her was, obviously, the main concern is how to stop the virus and death and so on. But I think we should look into the origins of this. Now, this is three years ago. Is it the CDC's contention that there is, that there's absolutely no relation to the lab in Wuhan? Uh, It's my understanding that this is the only place in China with this lab. And the reporter says, I'm just asking it. Is, Is it a complete coincidence that this outbreak happened in one city in China? Uh, at this lab that has this lab. And shouldn't we at least be having some discussion about the ethics of the research that happens there? Now, the reason I'm pointing this out is this question was three years ago. So right now we're hearing on the news a lot about the lab leak theory and the idea that even some of the Biden administration um, parts in you know, the FBI and the Energy Department in particular, who are, by the way, the, probably the most qualified to make this judgment, Uh, mostly, that they're saying that it most likely is. This conversation was shut down. This is three years ago. Here's what the CDC's response was. It's my understanding this is the only place in China with a BSL-4 lab. I'm just asking, is it a complete coincidence that this outbreak happened in the one city in China with a BSL-4 lab? And shouldn't we be having at least some of the discussion about the ethics of some of the research that happens here? And this was her response. The animal origins and the circumstances of um, the emergence of this virus are really important to understand. And it's one of the key questions that the global community wants to look into. And everything that I've seen so far is very consistent with the animal to human spread that we've seen in other um, zoonotic origin. So she talked about that. And then she talked about some of the other, you know, kind of scientific stuff about pathogens and some of the technical uh, details. And then this, this questioning continued. And the reporter says, you know, isn't it true, though, that we can actually look at these things? She said, he said, it's, and you can't hear it very well on the audio. That's what I'm going to tell you. He said, it's one or 2,000 miles away, the caves where the bats are. I didn't know that all this time. I, I thought the caves with the bats where this apparently started were like, you know, across the river, right? Right there in Wuhan. 
And actually, they're one or two thousand miles away, he says, where the caves where the bats are, which alleged which are allegedly the cause. So couldn't the two things be, you know, what he says, so couldn't he says the two things aren't mutually exclusive, are they? And she said this. In the midst of new infections, it is very common for rumors to emerge that can take on a life of their own. So as you mentioned, a laboratory and and the center of of what else is happening in that province. Based on everything that I know right now, I can tell you the circumstances of the the origin really look like animal to human. Um, But your question, um, I I heard. Now, at that period of time, I don't know if she was pushing a particular agenda or if that came later, what's being testified to on Capitol Hill right now by people who were around back then is that there was an agenda to have only one narrative for where this came from, with the idea that you're supposed to keep the science together, right? That everybody is, uh, that it would be better for the case of science to have everybody on the same page. You know, I get how important it is to have everybody on the same page in things in life. You know, and whenever I'm running, when I've been a manager of people in my workplace and we have a meeting, whether it was a church board or a church staff, you know, sometimes if you're dealing with something difficult, you really want to make sure that everybody's on board. And so you you make statements uh, to the effect that uh, when we leave this room, after we make a decision together, everybody's on board. And you want that because you want unity in your company or unity in your church. It's okay if people have... Uh, dissenting opinions on some decisions that are made. Um, but once you make a decision on how to proceed with something, you got to go forward. I understand that. But in the context of what is true and false, when it's coming to people's health, right? When we're talking about, you know, usually in the context of church or your business, you're making a decision about advertising or you're making a decision about vision and where we're going and what's the plans for this year. And you want everybody on board because you don't want somebody going outside, you know, oh, the pastor's an idiot and I voted for it, but I didn't really mean it. You know, that just causes division in your, your church or companies do that, right? But when you are an organization that is about fact finding, you really need to be able to allow dissenting opinion. And this is something that we saw. And I want you to pay attention. And once again, it's it's not so that you can say, oh, we were right if you were kind of on the side of this. It's not for gloating rights. And it's not even for you if you just thought there's no way this comes from a lab. Maybe you still think that. Maybe we're never going to know. That's not actually even the point. Uh, I think it's important that we discover that, right? I think all those things matter. Uh, it matters greatly. But what I think is really critical that we're seeing here with the coronavirus, with stuff that happened at Twitter, with the pressure put on by the powers that be to silence people who would have a difference of opinion and call it misinformation, to classify it in the same way as you would classify things that are obviously false. Like there were there was a movement uh, like a year ago, I think maybe it was two years ago now, where a bunch of people believed that Donald Trump was going to announce his presidency and that his vice president was going to be John F. Kennedy Jr., uh, John John. John John died in a plane crash, what, 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Everybody knows this, but apparently, and according to the rumor mill out there and what people start to think about is that there's a certain group of people out there who believe that JFK Jr. is still alive, that he has been in hiding, and he is plotting some kind of uh, conservative 
comeback and he's going to run for president with Donald Trump in 2024. This is not coming from the Trump people, by the way. Okay, this is coming just from a group of people out there. And there were hundreds of people who gathered one day because through social media and the and the internet, hundreds of people gathered in Dallas on Daly Square where President Kennedy was assassinated. They were all on the grassy knoll and they made signs. They made flags. Trump 2024 is a Trump Kennedy 2024. And they were waiting for Donald Trump and the who they who we believe to be deceased, John F. Kennedy Jr. to show up. Hundreds of people showed up for that. Now, that's crazy. And if you're one of those people, please stop listening to whoever you are listening to. You probably learned that lesson. Okay, but see, that is tinfoil hat stuff. That's stuff that, you know, if. And I mean, the way things are going these days, maybe, uh, you know, John F. Kennedy Jr. is going to give us a call in a minute and announce his candidacy. But uh, but I don't think so. Uh, I think he's I think he has passed away. I think that story of him dying in that plane crash tragically is true. But there were enough people, hundreds of people who believe that maybe he's alive. See what I'm saying? That actually even that. I don't know that you should censor it. I think you should be able to to respond to people who think things like that. Earlier this week, uh, we had a guest who pointed out that 3% of the population now believe in flat earth theory. It used to be almost nobody believed that just a few years ago. Now 3%. Think about that. Three out of 100 people. You know, when you go to uh, when you go to a public event, you know, if you go to uh, Dodgers opening day here in a couple of weeks and there's 50,000 people there, three out of 100 believe that the earth is flat. That's we we can't go there. But to censor that or to censor or to say that that's the same as people who believe and this is what happened. OK, people who had reasonable questions about policies in the covid, about the shutdowns, about masks in schools, about uh, the injections and the virus or the the uh, vaccine. People had reasonable questions about, and there are reasonable questions. Some people are right and wrong. That's fine. But there are reasonable questions. These people were shut down and and criticized. Some They were canceled in some ways. They were told it's misinformation. We cannot do that. And as you, this is why I think you should pay attention. As complicated as some of these things are that are happening in Washington, as complicated as the Twitter files are, the Twitter files re- show us that the government was involved, the government officials were involved, that there are people who, you know, one of the arguments was, well, Twitter's a private company. It can censor whoever they want. Uh, it's not a First Amendment issue. That's true if Twitter by itself is making those decisions. And whether or not it's ethical or not is a question that you can ask about a private company, whether or not that's, you know, good policy for a private company, all that stuff is fine. You can argue about it. But what was happening and what has been shown in documents is that the government leaned heavily on these companies to do that and to censor people from having a voice um, where right or wrong, it was reasonable conversation. This matters a lot. I think you should pay attention to this as an American, but as a Christian, you should pay attention to this. And you shouldn't be surprised if your voice gets shot down somehow, but you also shouldn't be afraid. And I just had this thought. I wonder if we have people and you're in a job somewhere where you feel like you can't share your faith. Do you have a job where you feel like you can't just speak your mind? I'm not talking about politics here. Right now I'm talking about, you know, maybe you have a job where you shouldn't talk about politics, right, for the unity of your company. 
uh, don't talk about. We talked yesterday, you know, about how the Hershey company should not have gotten political on the transgenderism and stuff. They should just sell chocolate bars. You know, I think that if people are listening and they're on the board of directors at Disney, you know, Disney, you don't need to get political on stuff. You don't need to push, you know, some agenda, you know, make good entertainment for kids and their parents. That, you know, something that a parent can say, yes, I can go watch that. Uh, just do that. Just be, just market your chocolate, market whatever it is. That's okay. Nobody cares what you think. Sports figures, you know, I'm tired of hearing, you know, sports figures or other people tell me what, you know, I should believe about something. I just want to see your movie and enjoy it. I just want to go to a ball game and I want to get a Dodger dog and complain that it's not the old Dodger dogs because they changed it from Farmer John. I want to uh, go to a, go and I want to enjoy the baseball game. I certainly don't want to have to think about anybody's political opinion right and left. But for being a Christian, there are times when just in your relationship, it's important to share what you believe. First and foremost, in the way you act, in the way you treat people, that matters the most because how we act reflects Christ and what we really believe. It really does. I'm wondering if you are afraid of that. Would you call me and let me know? Maybe we can talk about an example of that or give you some confidence. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrier, your host. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Real quick, I think the first and foremost is we've got to tell the truth. When you don't tell the truth, you've got a problem. And I think if you go back, there were many times when public health officials packaged the message to what they wanted to say, but it wasn't necessarily truthful. The second thing, you have to have the courage when you're a public health official to say, I don't know, when you don't know. And I think the really fundamental, that's how we begin to lose it. When people say that we're going to be okay once we get 30% immunity, and then later they say 50%, and then later they say 70%, and then the press says, well, why did you say 50% before, and now you're saying 70%, and, you, and the guy says, well, I didn't think the public was ready to hear that. Thank You've you, got to tell the truth. That was Robert Redfield, who was the director of the Center for Disease Control until 2021, and he's been testifying on uh, Capitol Hill about various things related to the government's response to coronavirus, and one of the things that he has been saying is that uh, dissenting opinions, dissenting scientific opinions about where the virus came from and how it got started, um, and even how certain things should be presented became very political and one-sided. He claims that he was ousted uh, ultimately because he didn't want to go along with presenting only one thing. And, uh, you know, people probably argue back and forth, and Dr. Fauci comes out and says he doesn't agree with that, and okay, there's all of that. But I think that the the idea of of anybody being shut down. And what he says there at the end is that, so people are told these different percentages, even though they know it's not true. It's created a crisis, a crisis of our confidence in the CDC, in our government for for these things, right? All of this stuff, whatever it is you believe, now that we hear there's different theories. And the idea that maybe they thought we just couldn't handle it as a culture, is that true? I think we can. Maybe I'm just wrong. I feel like our culture would do better if everybody was just a straight shooter, 
right? Maybe I'm completely wrong, and uh, you can share your opinion on that. I feel like, though, that the average person can hear both sides of something or or two different, not even sides necessarily. Like in this place, I think he's he's tried to be careful to say it's not necessarily sides. It's just different scientific opinion. I feel like people should be able to hear two different opinions and make a judgment. That judgment might even be to say, I don't know, and that might be truthful. Now, when I think about that and how important that truth is and how it discredits even people in uh, the government, anyway, scientific community, as Christians, are we afraid of speaking out? And maybe are we doing things that discredit us? You know, do we do things that make it hard to speak out because of cancel culture, or do we do things that make it hard to speak out because uh, we have discredited ourselves? with certain things that may not be true. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Let's go to Wendell in San Diego. Wendell, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Hi, Wendell. How are you? I'm doing quite well, thanks. Great. Um, I, I wanted to talk about, uh, you were talking about counter, you know, counter culture. Yeah, cancel uh, culture. Yeah, cancel culture. I work for a major uh, healthcare system in Can you uh, speak up a little bit, Wendell? We can't hear you too well while you're driving. Okay, okay I want to try to get off the road here. How about I put you on hold? I'm going to put you on hold, Wendell, for a minute, and I'll come back to you. So if you do something, uh, get safe in a safe place, and then we can, uh, we'll get back to you on that. So a question that I was asking is, do you work in a place where it is – you feel like you may not be able to speak about your Christian faith openly without being canceled, where you feel like maybe there's something that you're going to share uh, about your faith that's going to get you um, canceled, or maybe an opinion that maybe isn't directly about your faith, but people are going to think it's about your faith. Um, Maybe you have, let's say you work for Walgreens. You know, Walgreens right now is under fire because they are not offering the abortion pill in states where abortion is illegal. And Whoopi Goldberg's yelling at them, and Gavin Newsom is making decisions to get out of contracts in in California with Walgreens. What is it that uh, you think uh, that you may not be able to say that you really you should be able to say? Do you have those fears? Maybe we can talk about it. 888-528-2557. David in Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. Scott, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. You know— you talk about cancel culture, but you don't ever seem to want to face cancel culture in evangelical Christianity. What do you mean? I mean you mean you people who, who evangelicals cancel? Absolutely. Russell Moore, pastors that were not for Trump, Salem Radio canceled Michael Medved, uh, Hugh Hewitt was moved to three in the morning. Anybody that hasn't that wasn't a Trump supporter because 80% of evangelicals supported Trump were canceled. That's a major, major cancellation. You know, I and think... just now... Well, wait, let me finish. Just now, Saddleback Church was kicked out of the Southern Baptist Convention. So there's a lot of cancellation going on yeah. in evangelical Christianity. It's huge. Well, I think that's an interesting point, David. There's two different things there that you're talking about. One of them, some of it's business, right? I mean, if somebody on talk radio, and they lose their audience, you know, I don't know the situations, you know, internally of any of those things. So we got to realize that sometimes in business, business changes and things happen. 
but you're also talking about something that actually is happening significantly in Christian, uh, particularly Christians online, is there's an awful lot of tearing down and canceling of other Christians, sometimes because of very minor things, like even the, the Saddleback thing you're mentioning you know, there's denominational stuff with that, and there's there's different inside baseball going on. But you're right, I think, David, that there are things that Christians do to tear each other down based on you know, minor secondary doctrinal issues or misunderstood things or things taken out of context. It's pretty significant. Do you think, David, that that well, affects that 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 if if I'm participating, say, on my Twitter account, and uh, I'm tearing down another pastor somewhere, people see that. It's public, right? It's not just me having a private conversation, and it's not about inside baseball in a company or a denomination. Do you feel like other people who are seeing that, that that, that, that behavior is affecting a Christian's ability to actually share the gospel with people who would be interested Absolutely. And this was not just an online phenomenon, Scott. Pastors who did not support Trump were fired. Many, many examples of that. Russell Moore. Yeah, there, there is there is a lot of... Theologian. Yeah. Well, you know, but Scott, you're making it sound like this is just some incidental because of online things. Well, no. I just mean, hold on, I just mean on some of the specifics you brought up, I don't know the details. Often there's a public story and sometimes there's an inside story, okay? So I just, I just wanted to be sensitive to that. But you're right that there has been cancel culture on the right just like on the left. And in Christian culture, uh, certainly there's been some with President Trump, but there's been some with just other issues, women in ministry or, um, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different things. And even some of it, David, if it's denominational, you know, denominations and churches join denominations and they have an agreement, we're going we're gonna to hold to these particular doctrines. That's what makes us Baptist or Lutheran or Presbyterian or whatever. Those are, those are issues. But I think you're touching on something that is going on in the church where we cancel people we don't even know because of a political position or because of a doctrinal position. That is happening uh, in a pretty significant way. I think it's happening on both sides. I think it's just as bad on the right uh, as it is on the left. And I think especially to fire a pastor because he was not a Trump supporter, what's that about? That's purely political. That's not denominational. It's not doctrinal. It's political. Well, sometimes that happens. Yeah, you're right. It's, it is political. I appreciate your call, David, on that. And that maybe that's something else, too, that we can talk about. There are, you know, as I've been a pastor for 25 years, and my dad was a pastor. I've seen pastors get fired for, for ridiculous things. Um, and sometimes it's a political opinion or because they won't preach on a particular subject. Sometimes because they do preach on a subject. You know, I've seen pastors uh, who maybe deserve to be fired. Right, that there's a reason that they actually got fired. But I also think I was talking about this with somebody earlier today, that there is a awful lot of infighting just among Christians who should be on the same team. And you know, or in such a way that we we just don't need to publicize. Like David mentioned a couple of things that I wish those churches just hadn't publicized those things. They they really are inside things and to to go public 
uh, certain things you need to go public. Like if you're accused of sin and, you know, the sexual scandals that have been in churches, all of that needs to be transparent. We, we owe that to the community, right? Churches where there's been crimes committed or things like that, that all needs to be transparent and out there. But, you know, inside doctrinal disputes about different stuff, you know, I don't know that that needs to be outside of uh, whoever goes to that church or that denomination. Um, and there's probably examples where it should. But at the same time, are Christians affected by the cancel culture in the same way? A question that I was asking is, are you working in a place where maybe you're afraid? Maybe you're afraid of your Christian boss canceling you because you don't have the same political opinions as they have, or, you know, something uh, that's unrelated to your job and your job performance. What do you think? 888-528-2557. Tanya in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Thank you very much for letting me call in. I just wanted to let you know, there was such a cancel culture, especially I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. But not a lot of pastors even want to know about, and they need to because a lot of this programming is coming up that's negative and very sexual and very transgender. You guys have got to be aware of that. You cannot turn your head to that. Hold on, you're, you're, check, you're clipping in and out. So we should be aware of what? You should be aware of what's going on at Screen Actors Guild. There's a lot of programming coming out that's transgender, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are very woke and accepting of it. That's not normal. Right. I'm sorry it's not. And I just want to also mention, at the same time, there is that one person you mentioned with a book that's out there that's very involved with the New World Order Church. There is a pastor that's pushing everybody in that direction, and he's he's a very well-known evangelical pastor. Now, you have to be very intelligent at this point, and you've got to vet things. You can't just kick back and go, it's a doctor and it's this or that. We have to, we're in some really bizarre times. Yeah. Well, I agree we with you. I, I agree with you on things that we're clear about. One of the things that happens sometimes, though, is people share things about some pastors or some church that is not even true or that's out of context, right? And then when you ask, well, did you actually listen to that sermon? Did you listen to it in context, or did somebody just send you a clip? And, you know, there's a discipline, I think, before we, uh, as Christians, and you're right, I think publicly, especially if it's somebody who is out there, you got to call it out. Um, But you also need to be truthful and right. And there's an awful lot of canceling on very minor things or things that aren't even true or things that we don't even know are true. I'm a stand-up comic, and I have to be so careful about what I put out there. But I can't even go out there anymore. You cannot. Man, we're destroying comedy, aren't we? It's gone. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to raise a group of people that are Christians, but I don't want somebody with a collar up to their ears. I really want somebody that's going to speak straight. I think directly, comics that are intelligent can be, especially Christian comics. Sometimes you guys, they're so, so far to the right. That it's ridiculous. I mean, the only thing they don't have, you know, is a horse and buggy with them. It's ridiculous what they expect. We are having to live in a time where we've got to be honest. We've got to be out front, even with things like transgender and sexuality. I'm not for that. But I am looking at things for the younger people. And adults at this age need to wake up and look at what's going on with their children. And I'm very heavily involved in the Latino community. They need to wake up. We did not vote. I'm not talking about Latinos. I'm talking about the evangelical community, and you know this. There is not a vote there. It, is, it doesn't move. I'm like, how can you think about this, and you're wondering where we're at, and you're angry, but you didn't vote? Yeah, why do you think that is? I ask this because you're right. People don't vote. Like I've, I mentioned uh, 
I, you know, I'm not in favor of the, the mail ballot thing, but on the other hand, nobody even has an excuse now. We give it to you and say mail it back. And fewer people voted in the last election in general, including evangelicals, than the one before. Why? I think people are completely lost. They don't believe in what's going on with the news media. They're lying to us like insane. It's just insane right now. But do we- so what people have, they have to look at things. They have to go and research and discover. This is not the yeah. same time of our parents. Yeah. We have to be very diligent, and we have to be intelligent. Listen, I go to, it's going to sound cuckoo, but this is how I get my take on things. I go to Dennis Prager's, a minion. I'm there listening to what's happening in the Jewish community. I go to the Christian community. I'm in a Bible study for that. I go to Jack Hibbs, and I'm at John MacArthur's. I'm getting a great take on many things, and it's a very, very educational time for me to look at what's happening in our community. But that's what you have to do. Yeah. You have to step it up. And you have to go, if I'm really going to say I'm a Christian, you got to get into movement. Look at the way that the apostles were. They were very learned. Yep, we are, we are not educated in general. Like the, when we talk about the education crisis in our country, it affects everybody, right? It affects Christians, too. We're, we're struggling in a similar way. Tanya, I appreciate that. I hope that you uh, find a good niche in your comedy because it is a way to communicate things that are hard in our culture today uh, in, a, in a way that's profound, actually. Thank you so much for having me talk. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Tanya. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. i got to take a break. I'll be back for your calls. I see you're back, Wendell and Anita, and I'll uh, pick up your calls as soon as we get back. This is SoCal Live. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. Talk about getting canceled if it worries you at a place where you work or if you're in a uh, situation where maybe that's hard. Uh, Wendell, welcome back to Southern California Live. Do you have a good connection now, Wendell? Yeah, I do. Oh, you sound great. You sound great. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, I wanted to say um, I work for a major health care system in San Diego. Yep. And uh, during the vaccinations, I requested a religious exemption. Yeah. And it was was denied and said no appeal. Right. And, uh, yeah, and and they said if you don't get this vaccine, you're going to be fired. And... uh, I had to do it because I have a family to support, but there's several hundred people that were fired from my system just because they didn't want to get the vaccine. Yeah, so it's real. It's, the cancel culture is real. It's a it's a real it's thing. Your income. Yeah, they go after yeah. people's whole career. In fact, I have a very good friend yeah. in San Diego who was fired, Wendell. And the the interesting thing about her case is mm-hmm. that she worked. In the ER and the COVID wings of the hospitals during the worst of the coronavirus, okay, she put on the she had you know she had to put on the spacesuit and everything. She yeah. and here's what's really interesting, I think, about her case is that she did get the first uh, vaccination, the first one shots one and two, and then she got one booster, but she refused to get the second booster, and right. and she had even contracted COVID. And they let her keep yeah. her job longer because she had COVID, but I think it was only three months in her case. And then they fired yeah. her. And I thought, that's yeah. crazy, uh, you know, especially it now, right? So you felt you. 
you ended up getting it because it's your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote to CEO and I said, hey, these people have seen lots of people through COVID and gotten them, you know, gotten them through this. And I'm like, why are you firing, you know, these nurses or, or whoever? And I was told if we don't do this, we will lose Medicare funding. Yeah. So it's it's all about the money. And well, uh, and the mandates from our state. Yeah. Which is just terrible. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up that there's a lot of people that have been canceled because of this. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate you calling and sticking up for them because sure. you know, it's uh and I think I think those people should have a case now, especially because uh and Wendell, thanks for calling Southern California Live. Uh, you know, whether you might be all for getting the the uh, the vaccine and everything, and that's fine, and and I think that's your decision to make. The mandates were a big deal, but also in the context of even what we're talking about now, early on, you were not allowed to say anything against the shots or against the against the uh, not against the shots as much as just against the agenda. Right, the agenda was. Uh, if you get the shot, the coronavirus will stop, right? That was the initial thing that was said, even though a lot of scientists didn't agree with that. The idea was that if you get it, the, and, the, and the rationale for the mandates was if you get the vaccine, you're not going to be able to pass on the disease to other people and the disease will stop, right? Somewhere there's a clip of uh, Rachel Maddow saying, you will stop the disease. The disease stops with you. You know, if that were true, that's a pretty compelling reason, I guess, to force people to get it if if you should force people at all. But if there is a reason, that's the reason. But it didn't take long, weeks, before people understood that wasn't true. And I don't understand what rationale there was, especially if you've had it. You know, that's another part of the conversation that's coming up now is the idea that if you've had coronavirus, that the immunity you get naturally uh, because you've had it and survived it is as good or better than that vaccine. And I'm not against vaccines or any of that. I'm not trying to even have that conversation. The issue is, is why were people, not tin hat funny people, okay, not people pushing crazy conspiracy theories, but people who had reasonable objections. Uh, and what about the religious objection? Religious objections are kind of difficult, right? It's difficult because if you go in the Bible, it's really hard to make a case, right, why I shouldn't get a, a shot, Um and you don't have much of a case if you've gotten all the other shots and this is just the one you don't want. I think you have a better case as an American, you know, for freedom uh, for that. But uh, there are people who who didn't get any vaccines, right? That has been there. They've been consistent with that for religious or other reasons. Uh, and that consistency, I think, speaks to some validity for why somebody shouldn't have to do that, especially if it's not preventing the spread. Anyway, we can rehash all of that. The issue really is about the freedom to speak, the freedom to be able to share a different opinion, especially if you are an expert. This is something that we should demand. We should demand it from all sides, that people should be able to speak their mind, uh, even in politics, in church, in wherever you are. You should be able to speak your mind about things. We should be able to have discussion. We need to go back to that. I think we used to be better. I think this has been a, a recent phenomenon. And everybody on all sides needs to stand up for you. There was a, a poll that came out today. I think it was a Rasmussen poll. And it said that 80% of Republicans and 78% of Democrats agree that the government should release all of the January 6th tapes. 
80% of the people, Republican and Democrat, agree with that. See, I think, I think that there's an awful lot that if you phrase the question the right way, if you sort of open it up to real you know, opinion, where people actually agree – and it's people on the left and right agree. You might have different reasons, right? You might you might be on the left and you say, yeah, I want to I want all the tapes out because people need to see the violence that was done that day. And on the right, you might say, I need all the tapes out because I want to show all the nonviolence that happened that day. Fine. But I think that we do better if we're transparent. We do better if we put that stuff out there for the culture to see. Anyway, that's my opinion. Let me get uh, one more call waiting here. Uh, Ted from City of yeah. Angels. How are you doing today, Ted? Good, good, Scott. How about you? I'm good. Uh, I just want to touch that, you know, um, uh, Christ said, you know, when you're not well-received in one's home, leave and bring the peace that you brought with you. Uh, wipe the dust off your feet. So is that not a cancel culture? I mean, if he, if he can't help you, he leaves. And there's people that, you know, they don't have the same views. So why should we be afraid of that? Everybody has a right to do that and you can always start your own bible study and it's an opportunity to grow and also i mean as far as people that are constantly attacking our right to own a gun calling us gun totalers and saying that they were in the military shouldn't it be uh he be more transparent and let us know if he did have a middle you know like give you paperwork and prove that he's been in the military if he's making these statements uh, on the air for everybody to hear, because I know people in Alcoholics Anonymous that weren't in the military, and uh, they would say, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. And they had no military <laughs> background. So, Yeah, well, that, that certainly happens. You know, I think that the dusting off the feet, uh, Ted, and thanks for calling uh, today, is it's not cancel culture. It's basically, it's okay to, you know, you don't have to beat somebody over the head with it if they don't want to hear it. And I think that's fine. But I, I don't think that, you know, that friend who you might have shared Christ with and they reject you, uh, you can walk away from that. But I don't think you cancel them because if they come back to you and they say, tell me about this Jesus again, well, then you need to tell them. You don't get to say, well, you had your chance, right? You're canceled. Uh, you still love them and you pray for them and you hope for another opportunity. All right, we're done for today. It's Open Line Friday. Anybody who uh, didn't get on today, you can call tomorrow. Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you like. And we got a few issues to talk about t- tomorrow as well. Thanks for listening today. You can always get the podcast at our radio website and on Spotify, Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, Thursday edition is done. We'll see you tomorrow on Friday. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.